Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. Today, we are joined by former Wildcat Pearson McAtee. Uh, For those of you that are familiar with the Friday walkthrough with Cole Carmody, and Monty Spiller from the football season. This is going to be basically the same exact thing, except we're going to be talking K-State basketball. We will not have uh, Pearson on here every week. We're going to sort of rotate guests as we go through the season. Uh, but today we got Pearson McAtee on. Pearson, how you doing? Good, man. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Excited to get this going and talk about the exciting season we've seen so far. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by the Cape Cod, second half is sponsored by the club soda be sure to get those wherever you can at your local liquor store um pearson let's go ahead and jump right into this um you know you obviously played for bruce weber uh to see a coach go like that and for for not just jerome tang but for any head coach to come in were you maybe you know a little hesitant with a new coach um i know you've built a relationship with with him you've connected with him um how have those interactions been with coach tang and his whole staff yeah uh I mean, first of all, any interaction I've had with Coach Tang and his staff has been nothing but great. Um, w- without a doubt, it, it's very exciting. I think the fans can easily tell this is, um, you know, a, a, and the staff is fun to be around to see. They're very active on social media. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't hard for me at first, you know, with my yeah, yeah. loyalty and my experiences with Coach Weber. I mean, nothing but great things to say about that man and his staff and how I was treated and, you know, the experiences that we were able to have, but um, any sort of bittersweet feeling I had at first, um, it went away as soon as I met coach Tang and his, his staff, I understood, you know, where they stood, their values. Um, I I have a great appreciation for him being in the league this long, Um, the success he had down at Baylor and kind of how he leads his program with, with faith-based as well was, um, was really cool to see and I could tell right from the get-go so it's been great to start to meet that staff looking forward to continue to get to know them over the next few years I think the non-conference slate for K-State by and large was was rather forgetful there was obviously some highlights and big wins in there so I don't want to spend too much time on it but after the non-conference slate was done and before Big 12 play started I don't think any of us expected K-State to be 4-0 right now with all these wins they've gotten they've been just you know, so impressive. Um, but heading into Big 12 play, how did you think this team was prepared to play in the in the toughest conference in the nation? Yeah, great question. Um, I, goes without saying that 
you could tell from the get-go looking at the first 10 games or anyone's schedule within the Big 12, it's going to be a gauntlet. I mean, so many ranked teams. I mean, they're projecting at some point all 10 teams getting into the tournament. Um, I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit worried going into those first 10 games just with, you know, a newer team. I knew we had a great, obviously, win in the Thanksgiving tournament um, down in the Caymans. LSU squad that obviously went on to have a big win already. Um <clears throat> You know, when you look at the Big 12, if you're right around that 500 mark um, and you've taken care of business in non-conference, you're going to be a lock to get into the tournament. And looking at our first 10 games, you got KU twice, Texas twice, Florida in the SEC Challenge. Um, you know, those those two tough road games to start with Texas and Baylor. Quite honestly, I would have been pretty happy with 500 through these first 10 games and to be able to start, you know, 4-0, two huge road wins. Um, that just says nothing but... Uh, how prepared those guys were going into the season. Why has Kansas State been able to win these first four games in the Big 12? I know they've kind of changed the pace last time we saw them against Oklahoma State versus what we saw um, on the road against Baylor in Texas. You know, those games were up in the 90s and the 100s. Mm -hmm. And I think that really kind of tells you how this staff is going to, you know, the game plan is going to be different every single game based off of, of the opponent. So, you know, they've changed the place. They've played good offense at times. They've played solid defense at times. You know, we'll talk about Marquise Snow and Keontae Johnson later on, but but why is Kansas State 4-0 right now? Uh, it's pretty simple why any teams win, especially when it gets to conference play. It's just toughness, mental toughness, physical toughness. Um, the, the physical and mental toughness only gets harder as you go along. You know, when you've got two games a week, um, if, especially if it's back-to-back -back road games, especially once you start going to, out to West Virginia, it's late nights getting back home. That's where you really start to learn a lot about your team. And I think, you know, having a longer Texas road trip um, to start it by just staying down there to, to play then at Waco and, and not letting kind of the hype and the buzz and the high of, you know, scoring 116 points in a game get to you and taking care of business at Baylor just showed a lot about how mature this team seems to be. But toughness is the only way to win these types of games in conference. You mentioned the maturity of this team. How can it be? How can a team be so mature and so just experienced with 11 newcomers? I mean, is that just all coaching? Uh, I wouldn't say it's all coaching. I think it's a big part of it. Uh, I think trusting in what looks to be a player-led team is always huge. I know that's something that Coach Weber always harped on is it's got it's got to start from the players, your leaders. Um, it's why we had a lot of success, you know, kind of in my later years with with Barry and, and Cam and Dean all stepping up and, and becoming leaders from those underclassmen. Um, so when you have guys, you know, experienced like Keontae, I know he was out for a couple of years, but just his toughness and ability to fight through. Um, Marquise has led the team very well. Um, and just having a couple of those transfers that um, can help lead the Cam Carters and those guys that may not have had as many minutes at this level yet. Um, you can tell that they feed off that that energy and, and that maturity. What qualities do you think this team, I know we're only four games into the big 12, but what qualities does this team right now, based off of what you're seeing, uh, what qualities do they share with Barry Brown, Dean Wade and Kamal Stokes, those teams that won the big 12 and won in the NCAA tournament and got to the elite eight. How do these two teams, I guess those seasons kind of compare to each other? Yeah. Uh, I think, being resilient, responding after getting punched in the mouth at any point in the game. Um, I mean, if of anything of the high scoring games of, I mean, even West Virginia, but specifically Texas and Baylor, um, I mean, the Texas game, they really never went through a drought. I, I was texting um, a couple guys about the game and I'm like, we got to get a couple stops down the stretch. We've already had a hundred points here with five minutes to go. 
And he texted me back with about two minutes left, said, oh, we finally got some stops. Um, I was like, not really. Uh, we just kept <laughs> scoring with them. And that's what it took that game. And obviously a really good defensive team like Oklahoma State, it was going to take, you know, getting those extra scores um, in a low scoring game. And so I'm interested to see as we go along, can we get stops um, in a high scoring game, you know, when it's coming down to those last two to three minutes. And that'll tell really how far we can go in conference and then beyond in, in the tournament, hopefully. Sure. And I don't think anyone's expecting K-State to go 18 and 0 would be awesome if that happens. But, you know, I'm excited to finally, if it ever happens, see K-State lose a game just to see how they respond and how, you know, this team can be resilient. But you mentioned just, you know, teams are going to go on runs. And it seemed like over these last four games, maybe a few times games were slipping away from from Kansas State, right? They had the lead for most of that Baylor game, and then mm -hmm. it slips out and it goes to overtime. I, you know, an inexperienced group, uh, an immature group would probably fold and and lose a game where they blow a lead. But, you know, Ishmael Massoud, I mean, we got to talk about him just stepping up. And you mentioned Cam Carter from top to bottom. Obviously, Johnson and Noel, you know, steal the spotlight, so to speak. But K-State's depth has been very impressive this season, playing basically eight guys to start Big 12 play. Once David Gassant's back, that'll go back up to nine guys. Hopefully, maybe Dorian Finisher can get on the court a little bit. But the depth has really been impressive, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's going to take consistency from your leaders, right, Marquise and Keontae. Um, but e even when they have a game like Keontae, I know he didn't have the game he necessarily wanted to against Oklahoma State to still fight, get rebounds. Um, it's going to take that one special X factor every game, if not a couple in the high scoring ones, right? Ish hitting the big shots at Baylor. Um, I thought Cam Carter, I think was at the Texas game. He had a crazy stat line with everything that, you know, he was a part of with rebounds, assists, steals. Um, <clears throat> it's going to take those X factor guys, especially when David comes back too, especially from the big man position, um, just, just helping out Bay Bay. Um, and Tomlin down there, that's going to be huge as it gets further into the season and you face, you know, some true big men down there that, that can beat you up as, as the season gets going along. We'll end the first half with this. What do you think, or I guess, which player is more important to this team? Is it Marquise Noel or Keontae Johnson? You can make an argument for either one of those players with obviously, you know, Noel's leadership that he had in the offseason and what he does on the court. But Keontae Johnson has also the ability to just take over a game. Yeah, it's tough. And I know it's not the answer you want to hear, but you got to have both. I mean, to, to, <laughs> yeah, to reach yeah. this level, being 4-0 in the Big 12 and only having one loss through non-conference, um, I mean, they both provide so much. And um, to keep this whole team, especially with the lack of experience together, um, I know Keontae is always going to be important. He's always going to be that kind of concrete. But Marquise controlling the pace, getting the guys under control on whatever side of the floor it is, making sure the guys who are needing valuable, valuable minutes at the end of the game are staying out of foul trouble. Um, point guard is always going to have just that little bit more of importance um, on the game. It's just like quarterback in, in football. Um, so I would, I would just give the nod, I guess, a little bit to Marquise from that standpoint, but they're both so necessary on this team. We talked about the depth. I mean, both those two guys are are so important, obviously, but you go down the entire roster, right? No Noel and Johnson are going to have some off nights, and that's why K-State hasn't – they haven't lost a game in the Big 12 and only one game all season. It's because, you know, we saw it against Oklahoma State. Those Both those guys, I think, were 3 of 13 from the field in the first half, and it was Ish Masood who, who stepped in and drilled a three 
you know, Cam Carter had the buzzer beater. Desi Sills was great off the bench. So it's a full roster from top to bottom and everybody's making contributions on this team. We'll go ahead and take a break here on the first half. We'll be right back. And once again, we're sponsored by the part-time beverage company. And this is Friday shoot around. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert, joined by former Wildcat, Big 12 champion, Pearson McAtee. Once again, we're sponsored by the part-time beverage company. And Pearson, uh, I want to talk about trap games. You're a, a former player. I don't know if you really buy into that or subscribe to those, but the the writing on the wall is there for Kansas State. When they come in ranked number 11 and they hadn't been ranked all year, right? This team, you know, I feared maybe a little bit they wouldn't handle business and they would let that ranking get to them. That, that was not the case. And maybe it was in the first half. K-State came out slow, but a win is a win, and I don't think it was much of an issue. But K-State was able to get over the hump against Oklahoma State, right? We talked about that game earlier. Against Kansas, that game's coming up next week on Tuesday. You got a game before that against TC. Are you fearful that this team maybe looks ahead to that game in the Octagon of Doom? Uh, I wouldn't say so, and a, a couple reasons. Obviously, when you have a, a gauntlet like the Big 12 is, I, I think is still ranked, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, you're going into a ranked opponent's house. Um, I don't see any sort of looking ahead. Um, uh, I think they'll still be prepared. Um, even, even if they don't handle business against TCU, um, just based on the responses I've seen throughout the media from all the players. I mean, Marquise had obviously national player of the week, uh, material last week and everything that I saw from him was thankful. And we've got a game against Oklahoma state. And I don't think that's a, a fake response at all. I think they're focused on the mission. Um, and at any time, especially when you're playing a road game in the Big 12, you got to get up and do it. Now, if the roles were reversed and they just played TCU and they're going you know, to Oklahoma State or Oklahoma State at home heading into the end of the KU game, then maybe I see that just with a little lower ranking within the Big 12. But I, I think they'll be ready to play on Saturday. Is your favorite memory playing at K-State beating KU in, in 2019? Uh, it's definitely up there. Um, <laughs> l- luckily, I, I've, you know, been able to be a part of a good a, a good amount of special games. You know, we the first one that came through for me was was beating OU, uh, ranked number one at home. Buddy Heald, uh, Ryan Spangler, I uh, can't remember what the other guard's name was, but so that kind of kicked it off. And, and then you go into the Elite Eight run, um, you know, beating Kentucky, Coach Cal, um, in a year that we didn't have Dean in the postseason and weren't expected to make it out of our first round matchup. Uh, obviously got a little bit of luck with UMBC against Virginia. Um, I, I won't deny that. Uh, but but the Big 12 championship at home, um, you know, Barry and Dean and Cam's senior year, that that one's always going to stick in my head. Now, rivalry being a Kansas kid, the KU game's always going to stick there. Um, but I'd say, you know, championships are, are forever, and so that's something that will always stick with me. Playing KU's tough, right? That's a top-notch, a top-notch program wherever that game's played. And, and playing, obviously, in Allen Fieldhouse is tough just because of that crowd. 
do you think it's tough to play in Bramlage in, in a sense that you can maybe come out emotionally drunk the first couple of minutes with that atmosphere in the Octagon of Doom? Oh, without a doubt. Um, especially with me just going to all these rivalry games over the years between K-State and KU. You know, I'd be lying if if it didn't mean more and there weren't more, you know, emotions and, and you can easily get caught up in that. So I'll be interested to see how this team can handle that. Um, I was was happy, obviously, with what they did at Baylor after the Texas game because that's where I thought there could have been a letdown. And they showed completely differently. They kept scoring at a high pace and they got a, you know, grind out overtime win down there. So um, <clears throat> it, it'll be a different experience. I'm glad that the Bramlage was packed this week on Tuesday. I wasn't able to make it, but it sounded like it was pretty packed in and, and had some good noise. Um, so they at least got a larger crowd experience before this KU game because we all know that thing's going to be packed to the brim. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, like you mentioned, it's going to be packed in. You know, Tang is he's done so many great things, obviously, on the court on the recruiting trail, but connecting with these fans and, and getting Bramwood's rocking. I think that's probably one of his strong suits, right? Just going up to the student section and, and doing the Wabash. It's pretty cool to see. And, you know, Bramwood's Coliseum, that place gets bumping and it makes a true home court advantage for your team. You know, Tang had, had many reasons why he came to Kansas state, but he mentioned that when he was at Baylor, he met, he remembered those, those fans and how rowdy it can get. So it's certainly going to be a heck of an atmosphere and, I, I had a, we had a question about this on our Power Cat Questions podcast this week. How long do you think it's going to be until it's it's sort of normal for Bramlage to be like that night in and night out? Yeah, that's that's tough to say. I mean, I don't think I don't think anything will ever compare to the KU game. I think that's just the emotions there, the long history that's always going to be um, evident. But if anything like you know Tuesday showed. Um, I think it continues throughout the rest of the season, at least with, you know, 90% plus capacity. I think um, uh, what, what games are we sold out through? Is the Texas Tech game sold out? I would assume I believe Florida so, yeah. and Texas yeah. are already sold out. Um, so I just think if, if we continue to get some some top-notch wins, that's, that's only going to keep going. And quite honestly, even if we did go, you know, on a couple game skid here, I, I think that thing's still going to be about 85, 90%. So it, the, the real question is over the next couple of years, right? Do they maintain that level? Um, do they maintain the buy-in? And I think with how well, like you said, coaches engage with the fans, especially the student section, um, I think it'll be something that's, that's here to stay for a long time. You talked about your relationship with the staff. Um, what do you think about just, you know, Malagy and Perry and Dowling, all the assistants from top to bottom? I know you've known Kirk Kelly for a long time. How have they just sort of operated from what you've seen? Yeah, uh, I haven't seen a ton up front, but from what I can tell, um, and I, I know about Coach Perry's um, just pedigree through the the MoCan AAU program, um, and and obviously with uh, you know Coach out of Texas um, being down there for a year with Chris Beard and and having kind of the recruiting presence that I've heard he's had. They've obviously done a great job. Our recruiting class next year is amazing. I know a lot of that is assistance boots on the ground. Um, so that's really exciting to see from, from an assistant coach perspective. I know at least how we operated with coach Weber was they have the scouts on the teams um, it, or at least they lead it. It seems like they've been locked in. We've obviously had great schemes being four and so far. Um, it, it doesn't just come from the players playing well. There's a lot of preparation in there. And so obviously they're doing a great job with those scouts. The last thing we'll talk about with KU in this upcoming game. And I usually don't like to talk about the officials and I'm sure you've probably noticed this Pearson, the officiating in the last couple of games for K state's been kind of inconsistent, right? And 
I'm not trying to go after the officials. That's low hanging fruit. And that's not usually what I like to do. But I, I do want to talk about navigating through that officiating when it's happening, because Kansas State probably missed some calls in their favor. And then on the other end of the stick, you know, there was a couple of calls where K-State got a break. I mean, Jerome Tang, he's learning so many things about being a head coach on the fly, really, and officiating. I guess talking, navigating through those officials is is another thing, too. Playing KU, I know it probably has somewhat of an impact. And I don't know really what my question is, but but how do you get through that when you're playing not only KU, but just in the Big 12? Because teams are just so physical. You know, West Virginia, the first game in the Big 12, and then Oklahoma State's probably the best defense in this league. How do you navigate that? Yeah. I think Coach has done a great job navigating it so far. I know I, I read a little bit about what he said before the Baylor game about trying to take the emotion out of it, being there for his guys, putting his guys first, whether it's coaching them or getting on the refs or whatever it may be, making sure he stays within himself. Um, I think Scott Drew got a technical that game, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I don't hear him getting a technical very often. So, I, I not to say the emotions got to him, but it, you know, it could be. So, We'll see how the staff reacts with with the KU game, but I think they're pretty level-headed. And then for the players, it's all about what the precedent is set in practice. You know, if, if they're complaining in practice, which I haven't seen that on the court, um, you know, it's going to roll over to the games. And so hopefully um, what it seems like they're, they're dealing with when you get bad calls, you know, you got to shake it off and get to the next play. Another one will come your way. So um, they've dealt with it well so far. I, I know I've talked with Austin Bucky and Mason shown at length about the flop rule and the charge rule and the refs trying to navigate that. Um, I, I don't know what the solution is. I can't say I do any better, but I know it's been extremely inconsistent all over the place. And that's what's led to a lot of, I think the controversy this year, it's happened in, you know, pretty much every single game. Let's switch gears here. Do you think K-State can win the big 12? And obviously you're four and zero. like mathematically you have, you have a good advantage right now. I mean, you, you've got a head start. I mean, Baylor's 0-4. It's an uphill battle for, battle for them. But also just the way K-State's played on the court, just looking at looking at their game, is this 4-0 start, you think this is, uh, is sustainable uh, for the rest of the conference schedule? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that they have the caliber of team and the level-headedness to be able to go and win this. Um, but it's not going to be easy. Like you said, there, there's going to be – you know, a, a, it could be a game. It could be a couple games. It could be a few games that they're going to drop. Um, there's going to be adversity. You've already seen it with David Gasson having to be out there. There may be more of that down the line. Obviously, we don't want any of that to happen, but it's just a part of sports. Um, if anything sums it up the best, the year we won the Big 12, um, we were pretty much 0 and 2 and a half. Uh, and I right. say 2 yeah. and a half because uh, we were at home against West Virginia and we were down, I'm pretty sure it was at least 15, if not 20 points at half. Um, and that's the famous, you know, Barry came in the locker room and, and had a speech and said, don't step back out there if you don't think we can win this thing and go on and win the league. And sure enough, we rattled off nine in a row, beat every other single team and, and went from there. So you never know with the team of Baylor's caliber, they could turn this thing around real quick and be a contender. Um, so just because you start this way, it's not guaranteed, but they definitely have the caliber of, of athletes and, and maturity to be able to go and win this whole thing. Let's wrap things up here with, with Kansas state ceiling this season and, and heading into the big 12 play, I thought maybe get an eight, nine seed and and maybe win a game and get knocked out by a one seed was, was kind of the best this team could do in March madness. And that's completely changed. Obviously you look at bracketology, K state's about a four seed now, uh, according to Joe Lenardi. So 
I don't know really what the ceiling is. I think K-State's post play, I'm not saying Bebe or Ish, any of these guys are are bad, but defensively, I think it can create some problems. You'll look at TCU on Saturday and Eddie Lampkin down in the post. I mean, that's a guy that, that could be a problem. Not, I'm not saying it will, but I think mm-hmm. this team still has some things to be maybe shaken out, corrected, so to speak, a little bit, and they can still get better and have room to grow. So what do you think the ceiling is for this team, Pearson? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put it past this team at all to um, do anything. I'm not going to doubt them one bit. I don't want their confidence to be shaken at all. Um, if you ask me kind of what a crystal ball approach would be, I mean, I, I think our ceiling could, uh, would probably be around a, a two or three seed. Um, it is probably most realistic, but I mean, obviously with what they've proven so far that I think they can do about anything um, and even sneak in if, if they run away with this league up into a one seat potential. I mean, I'm not going to put that past them. Um, I agree with you, though. A lot of the expectations coming into the season were, you know, if, if we can, you know, compete in the conference top half um, or right around the midpoint and sneak into the tournament, that'd be a win. Um, and obviously, you know, Tang and the entire team didn't believe that for a second and have just continued to, um, you know, put themselves in a really good position. So, but what you said about Lampkin this weekend, that is going to be a, a big test, especially for this team the rest of the year. Um, I mean, Caleb Boone had an, an outstanding game this week. Mm-hmm. That was obviously a, a weak point for us, at least during this game. And, and I know the, the coaches will have our bigs prepared and they're going to continue to work um, and figure out ways, even in foul trouble, to be able to get the job done. So that'll be something to look forward here the rest of the season is how we can deal with a big physical inside presence. Yep. And it's safe to say right now that K-State, unless things just go completely wrong, it's going to be in the field of 68. And like you mentioned with that 2018 season, when you guys went to the Elite Eight, anything can happen once you get into the field. So K-State, you know, as long as things stay on track, they're going to have a chance to do something special this season. Uh, Pearson, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much uh, for joining me. Like like I said earlier, we're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Pearson, appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Always enjoy getting on and looking forward to do it the rest of the season. We'll be back here next week on Friday with the Friday shoot around. Three won't be Pearson. It'll be a different guest, uh, but be sure to tune into that. Other than that, we'll see you next time. Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.